Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number 15 quarterback and tight end rankings for the 2023 fantasy football season but before we could get into things i would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below and while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure they do leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy so without further ado let's get into my week number 15 quarterback and tight end rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with the S tier at the quarterback position at number one with Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Now, last time out for Jalen Hurts up against the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's world, this Philadelphia Eagles offense was a disgrace. They were a disaster, and Jalen Hurts was down astronomical. Didn't even score 10 fantasy points, quarterback 24 on the week. Now, outside of last week and week number one, those are the only two games this season where Jalen Hurts was not a top 12 quarterback. He's currently the quarterback two on the year. I think the Seattle Seahawks defense is a little bit overrated, and I expect Jalen Hurts to bounce back in a huge way if the Eagles come up to bat and they strike out against the Seahawks. They lose to the Seahawks in a disaster of a fashion, just like they did to the Cowboys last week. Then the Eagles are officially in trouble. But my belief is that the Eagles and the Seahawks are going to get into a dogfight here, a high scoring tit for tat back and forth affair. And I expect Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback number one. At number two, we got Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Now the Buffalo Bills are on fire. Now I know they lost the Philadelphia Eagles prior to the bye week they put up a lot of points they lose in overtime what do you expect Josh Allen to do he can't do shit in overtime but after the bye week they go up against the Chiefs and they beat him now I get going up against the Dallas defense right one of the best defenses in the NFL and I'll give them all the credit in the world but frankly we need to understand that this is a Dallas team sure they shut down the Philadelphia Eagles but a week prior to that they went toe-to-toe with Geno Smith and that's not great, right? Geno Smith has been bad this year. Geno Smith looked the best he's looked this season up against Dallas. So again, I'm not saying the Dallas defense sucks donkey cock or something, but I think that Josh Allen, the Dallas offense, the Bills offense could really have really good games. This could be a very high scoring game, and I think you'd be crazy to rank Josh Allen anywhere Outside the top three at number three, we got Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo quarterback 14 last week up against the Eagles. But that's mainly because the Dallas Cowboys steamrolled the Eagles and then they didn't have to throw the ball as much late in this game. I think against the Bills in Buffalo, this will be a more high scoring game and this will result in Dak Prescott scoring more fantasy points. At number four, we have Brock Purdy going up against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Now, my biggest worry for Brock Purdy is that this game gets out of hand very, very early. My worry is that the San Francisco 49ers end up putting the Arizona Cardinals in the camel clutch, right? They hit him with the 619 Rey Mysterio. They put him in the fucking walls of Jericho. And then, you know, that's all she wrote. That's all, folks, you know? And then Purdy maybe finishes like quarterback 12. 
But the upside is too high up against the Cardinals to rank him anywhere outside of the S tier. He has been a top six quarterback in four of the last five games. At number five, we got Lamar Jackson to close out the S tier. Now, this is a game that I think could really be a back and forth affair, especially if Trevor Lawrence looks more healthy. Now, if Trevor Lawrence looks how he did last week, this is a game that could get incredibly ugly. Going up against the Jaguars in Jacksonville, I love this spot. For Lamar Jackson, I think he has top five upside here, thus why he's ranked inside the top five. He was the quarterback one last week against the Rams. Now we move to the A tier, and speaking of the Rams, we got their starting quarterback at number six, Matthew Stafford, going up against the Washington Commanders at home in LA. Now Matthew Stafford, in week 12, he has a huge game against the Cardinals. I'm like, okay, I didn't see that coming, but he's not doing that again against the Browns. Quarterback eight. I say, you know what? He ain't doing that again against the Baltimore Ravens quarterback five. So while Matthew Stafford looked like a steaming pile of shit from weeks one through week 11, he did not look like the same quarterback that we're used to with Stafford. Magically, he had an epiphany. It cost him 50 at Tiffany. Shout out to Tiffany Stephanie over the last three weeks. So I'm done slandering him. I'm hopping on the bandwagon. Top eight performance out of Stafford this week. At number seven, we got Patrick Mahomes. Now, the problem with Patrick Mahomes is that his wide receivers can't catch and that Patrick Mahomes hasn't really elevated himself into that elite level or the super elite, the mega elite level this season as one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. He's currently the quarterback seven on the season, quarterback 20, 16, 8, and 15 ever since coming out the bye. Now, again, I'm not here to just make fun of Patrick Mahomes and the fact that he sounds like Kermit the Frog or anything like that. But what I will tell you is I am officially entering into the zone where I'm worried about Mahomes. I've been worried for a couple of weeks, but I'm even more worried now. And this is a Patriots defense that, while they have so many injuries, they're playing for real now. They seem to be taking things super serious. So... I'm a little worried about Mahomes. Now, again, are you ever going to sit Mahomes? Most likely, the answer would be, fuck no, baby. But at some point, we have to start throwing him down the rankings. At number eight, we got Justin Fields. Now, there's an argument to be made that you might want to just play Fields over Mr. Mahomes. Now, I think Mahomes is definitely a lot safer, especially due to the matchup going up against Cleveland for Fields should be tough. But Fields also has, like, top two upside. And while Mahomes does as well, I think it's a much more likely chance that Fields finishes as a top two quarterback compared to Mr. Mahomes. Quarterback three last week for Justin Fields up against the Lions, slaying the Lion there. Going up against the Browns, I get on paper it's tough. But when Justin Fields is healthy, the rushing upside is immense. DJ Moore and him have this 5G LTE connection. And ever since he came back outside that game against the Vikings, where both teams had a fucking mid-off, Fields has looked great. Quarterback 8-24-3 over the last three games. I like Justin Fields a ton. Moving now to the B tier again. All guys that you feel pretty comfortable starting. Again, we're a little worried about Mahomes, but when you put him in your lineup, you're not like shaking or something. At number nine, we got Jordan Love Me Tender, Love Me Sweet of the Green Bay Packers going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, last week up against the Giants on the stat sheet was an atrocious performance. 10 fantasy points, 
quarterback 22. Ooh, ooh. But prior to that, he was a top 12 quarterback in four straight weeks. Early on in the season, he was on fire. Then at the middle point, he started throwing interceptions like his name was Daniel Jones. And then recently, he got back out of that funk, right? Last week, one touchdown, one INT. I get, say what you want about Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love passed the eye test for me. He played better than his stats say. He threw a lot of balls that should have been caught that were dropped. I think he probably should have had at least two touchdowns on that game, and that is not how the cookie crumbled. This week up against the Buccaneers, I expect a strong bounce back out of Jordan Love as a top 10 quarterback. At number 10, we got Sam Howell. Now, Sam Howell has continued to just fall ass backwards into being a top 10 quarterback. He has now been a top 10 quarterback from weeks 8 all the way to 13, was on a bye week last week. Now, his game before the bye week was up against the Dolphins. This was a Dolphins defense that was playing gangbusters. This is a Dolphins defense that was playing out of their mind. And while the Commanders got absolutely butt-fucked in that game, Sam Howell still finishes as a top 10 quarterback. He's the garbage time king. He's got rushing upside, and he's probably going to finish as a top 10 quarterback this week, whether we like it or not. I think the Rams defense is definitely underrated, but again, it doesn't fucking matter when you got Sam Howell. At number 11, we got Mr. Unlimited going up against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Top 18 quarterback ever since coming out the bye, which would be four straight games now, five straight games now, actually, ever since coming out the bye. I get that Russell Wilson, last two games, turnovers have been an issue. But against the Lions defense, you just have to believe he's going to carve them up pumpkin style, right? He is going to go to pound town against the Lions. I love Mr. Unlimited this week. Next up, we move to the C tier. This is where the worries start to set in again. It's not like, oh my God, I have to play Jared Goff. Now, of course, you're not full on panic mode. But once you're in this range, it's like, okay, there are a lot more question marks here, right? It's like when you go see the fucking Riddler or something. So quarterback number 12, Jared Goff against the Broncos. Jared Goff has been atrocious. A couple of these games recently, last week, just looks like a chicken with his head cut off against the Bears. Now he's going up against a better Broncos defense, and I'm scared. But one thing I do know is that in games, not in crazy cold weather, right? Not in terrible weather. Like here, in a dome, Jared Goff is a lot better. Once it, you go outside and it starts getting a little bit chilly and your nipples might start to get a little hard, right? That's when Jared Goff is on the struggle bus. But at home in, you know, hot weather games, Jared Goff, the LA boy, plays a lot better. This is an indoor matchup. Saturday Night Football, again, I get the matchup is worrisome, but I'm not panicking just yet on the Goffinator. At number 13, we got Trevor Lawrence going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, on paper, we've said on paper like 15 times this video, this is a rough-looking matchup, right? This is a real tough matchup. But I still think, again, the back of my head is telling me that, hey, this should be a high-scoring game. Quarterback 11 last week, despite throwing three interceptions. If he just looks a little bit healthier, I think T-Law should be a lock to be a top 14 quarterback. At number 14, we got Kyler. Now, in any other matchup, I would be banging the drum aggressively for Kyler, giving him the metaphorical gawk gawk 9,000 special, but he's going up against the Niners. I know the Niners... Secondary isn't necessarily like elite. You know, there's a lot of people that are shit all over the 49ers defense, but the 49ers defense is going to pressure Kyler Murray all game long. The short king is going to be running for his life all game long. Now, Kyler 
can be great in games where the offensive line combusts and he's got to run away doing 360 no scopes back there like he's playing Call of Duty, which we all know he is very accustomed to. So up against the 49ers, we can't rank him much higher, but I can't completely bury him because I think he should still be just fine. Now we move into the quarterbacks where it's like, oh shit, the D tier, like, sure, I'll play Tua because I got him, but eh, do I really want it this week? Last time against the Jumbo Jets, quarterback 26. Last game against the Titans, terrible, quarterback 23. Now he gets the Jets. Now, do I think the Dolphins are going to beat the Jets? Yes, I see a lot of Jets fans getting unruly, talking about how the Jets are going to beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to beat the ever-living shit out of you. They're not, the Jets are not even going to get close to covering. The Dolphins win this game by 14, by 21, I'm telling you right now. But just because they win by 21 or 14 doesn't mean Tua's going to have a huge game. If Mike McDaniel takes his head out of his buttocks, what he will do is run, run, run the ball gently down the stream all game long. This defense is going to be a tough code for Tua to crack, especially if Tyreek Hill isn't there. And knowing that Tyreek Hill is banged up in itself has me with Tua as the quarterback 15. Now next week he gets Dallas. I get Dallas has a great defense. Even if Tua plays bad here, he's going to be ranked higher next week. He just will. This is an in-division game. It's going to be tougher than people think. Who I think is going to struggle, but I still think the Dolphins win by 20, 21. Uh, Dolphins by 14 is the official prediction. At number 16, we got Jake Browning going up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings. Back-to-back -back weeks as the quarterback number four. And this is his tough, toughest task yet by far. The Vikings defense is going to put him in a mental pretzel. That Brian Flores defense is amazing. And while the Vikings defense isn't filled with a bunch of stud muffins, right? They just make it work. That is how the Brian Flores defense works. It confuses quarterbacks. And quarterbacks like Jake Browning, who don't have much experience, normally get put into a blender in that scenario. So, with that said, though, I would be shocked if he fell outside the top 18 because the quarterbacks, as we get deeper and deeper into the rankings, just aren't as good as Jake Browning. At number 17, we got Geno Smith going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Geno Smith did return to practice on Thursday with that groin injury, but what I will tell you is that knowing that he is banged up is enough to have him ranked further down. Now, if Geno Smith played last week and I knew he was 100%, then he would be ranked much higher because this matchup against the Eagles ha would have me salivating, right? Prior to last week, right, he misses against the 49ers, Drew Locke plays. He was the quarterback one against the Dallas Cowboys. And again, while I'm giving him a lot of praise, Gino has been bad this season, right? So while I loved what I saw in that one game, I'm not ready to just put all that other stuff behind me because, again, he hasn't been great a majority of the season. At number 18, we got Cool Joe Flacco going up against the Chicago Bears. Now, the Bears' defense is really, really, really good against the run. Up against the pass, no bueno. Ever since Cool Joe Flacco started, quarterback 10 last week, quarterback 13 the week prior. Now, my biggest worry for Joe Flacco is that last year, we kind of saw that at some point, it kind of just all went away, right? Joe Flacco started to reduce into being more kind of flaccid almost out there. Joe Flaccid, right? And like the arm strength kind of went, at least from what I remember watching, right? And I do worry that Joe Flacco in his old age, eventually he's going to hit that brick wall, right? And we're never going to know when it's coming because this week he could easily be the quarterback 10, right? But eventually 
I think he's going to hit that wall. Maybe that's in a revenge game against the Jets in Week 17 for your fantasy championship. But again, as we are sitting right now up against the Chicago Bears, while I do still think that there's some reasons to be worried, he's been a top 14 quarterback in back-to-back weeks. How far down can we throw him? And that would be quarterback 18. Because now we're in the range where it's like, okay, it's really bad now, right? I love Baker. I love Baker. It's the battle of... The, the Bays, the Green Bay versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Green Bay. But Baker is pretty much every week the quarterback 18 to 22. Caught him as the quarterback 19 this week. He was the quarterback 12 last week, but prior to that, 19, 16, 22. Again, I like Baker. I don't mind this matchup. But we know that Baker is kind of a hot and cold quarterback, right? If he gets out on the right foot, he starts dicing the defense up like some tomatoes then sure, he'll have a great game. But if he comes out cold, then he's probably going to be cold all game long. Mucho frio. At number 20, we got Gardner Minshew going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love Gardner. He's looked good over the last three weeks. But this is where he hits that wall, right? This is where it's like that game. Do you guys remember that TV show where it was like, hole in the wall? I don't know. Was that on like Cartoon Network? Maybe not everyone has seen that shit, but I watched it when I was younger, where you had to like make like a move so that you fit through the wall that had a hole in it. This is like the wall where there's actually no hole. It's just a wall and it's coming at you and you're going to get smacked and fall into the water. Up against the Steelers, I, I Nick Bailey Zappi had a great game last week. I don't see that for Gardner. At number 21, we got Derek Carr going up against the Giants. Now, I've talked about Derek Carr. I've slandered him so many times. Derek Carr is the missionary sex of the NFL. He is so, so boring. And again, obviously, technically, anytime you're having sex, it's a good time. But you get what I mean, right? It's basic, basic, basic. Some games, he doesn't even throw a touchdown. Most games, he throws just one touchdown. Now, I get the Giants' defense isn't all that great. But again, Derek Carr going last week, 18 completions on 26 attempts for 119 yards, two touchdowns, one INT. Would anyone be surprised against the Giants? That was against the Panthers, a bad defense. Imagine against the Giants that just looked good against Jordan Love. He goes 18, uh, let's go 20 of 30, 160 yards, one touchdown, two picks. That seems very plausible. So again, you're probably going to start Derek Carr based upon name value right over these other guys. I trust him a little bit more than the guys we have ranked behind him. But again, we're entering into, you know, a real swamp back here. Number 22, Will Levis going up against the Texans. Will Levis looked great against my Dolphins, but do we expect him to do it again? Does he look great in week eight when he first started for the, the Titans against the, the Falcons? Then ever since then, that guy's been gone. The Texans defense isn't great, but again, do we trust great value Josh Allen to do it two times in a row? No. And then at number 23, Tommy DeVito, the Italian stallion, the passing paisan, quarterback 16 last week. Now, Tommy DeVito actually plays great in terms of just not messing everything up, right? Tommy DeVito is like a good guy that you throw in there that's not going to make too many errant decisions, too many bad decisions to sell the team down the river, but he's also probably not going to elevate and have some big-time plays. Now, last week, that big run, he actually had some big-time plays. Some That touchdown pass was great. But again, no one expects DeVito to go out there and throw three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Nick, he did that against the Commanders, sure, but the Commanders' defense is not the Saints' defense. So quarterback 23 feels fine for him. And he does have some sneaky rushing upside quarterback 24, Desmond Ritter. Now, Desmond Ritter, every couple of weeks does actually have a decent game. 
and a great game maybe even last week. Quarterback number two, over 340 passing yards, two touchdowns, one INT. Great game for Mr. Ritter as the quarterback too. I think he should be fine against the Panthers. But again, when you're talking about starting Desmond Ritter, for one, you have to remember that he's Desmond Ritter. And for two, you have to remember that Arthur Smith is head coach. And that will make you panic all the way down to ranking him as the quarterback 24. Before we hop on into the tight end rankings and tiers, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em in the whole entire universe for the NFL, and they have a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds, right after I explain how the NFL Pick'em game works. So we'll be talking about one of the Saturday games here, the Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts, and we have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So they have a bunch of games up right now as we get later on into the week. There are going to be more players to choose from. So we're going to go with, in this game, Steelers at Colts lower than 195 and a half passing yards for Trubisky. And we are going to go with higher than 79 and a half receiving yards for Michael Pittman. If both of these hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. So if you do $5, you'll get out $15. If you do three picks, then it would be six times your entry fee. Four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times, assuming all the picks hit. If you live in one of these states on your screen right now and use promo code NotoriousFantasy or Notorious or click on the link in the video description, if you are a new user, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional $100, $50 additional $50, $25 additional $25. The minimum deposit on underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Moving now to the tight ends in the S tier, back on into things here. Tight end number one, Travis Kelsey. You guessed it. Everyone and their mother knew Travis Kelsey was going to be the tight end one. Three down games in comparison to what you expect out of Kelsey as the tight end eight, seven, and five. He's going to be the tight end one every week. I don't care if he's going against the Patriots, the 85 Bears, the best defense ever to stop a tight end. I don't really care. Kelsey's the tight end one. No need for an explanation. Tight end two, Hawkinson, another guy. No need for an introduction. No need for explanation. Tight end 13 last week, sure. Down game, but the whole Vikings offense was terrible against the Raiders. Nick Mullins, maybe an upgrade, maybe a downgrade to Dobbs. But again, Hawkinson is going to be the number two target on this team behind Justin Jefferson. He's going to get his targets every week. He has touchdown upside weekly against the Bengals defense that struggles against the tight end. Makes sense to be in the S tier at number three, Sam Laporta. Laporta had an atrocious game last week, but that's really just to blame on the fact that Jared Goff looked absolutely dick cheese. Going up against the Denver Broncos defense, up against the tight end, they are actually pretty solid. But again, Laporta has earned his right atop the iron throw as a top five tight end every week. At number four, we got George Kittle. Now, I understand that George Kittle does have some big downside, right? There are going to be some games where George Kittle absolutely ends up shit in the bed and finishing outside the top 30 at tight end. But over his last five games, he's been a top eight tight end in four out of five of them. His upside is weak winning. It's 30 plus fantasy points. Up against the Cardinals defense, you'd be foolish to sit Kittle. Moving now to the A tier, tight ends five through seven. At number five, we got Evan Ingram. Now, Evan Ingram had the game of his life last week. 11 targets, or 12 targets, 11 receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns, tight end one the week prior. He was the tight end number two, so this guy is on a roll. He scored his first touchdown of the season in week 13, and ever since, he hasn't looked back with three total touchdowns on the season. Again, I get the Ravens matchup this, the Ravens matchup that. Ingram has been printing top seven tight end numbers all season tight end five on the year you have to start them at number six we got McBride now this matchup on paper is gonna be rough 
Sound like a fucking dog right there. Shout out Shaggy. Going up against the 49ers, tough. But McBride is a guy that can get 7 to 10 targets most weeks. You're going to play that. I don't give a fuck what defense that guy's playing. You're playing him. At number 7, we got Jake Ferguson. Now, Jake Ferguson's been a little up and down recently, but tight end 9-4 and four over the last two weeks should be a 7-8 to eight target guy in this game. He's a red zone threat. He has five touchdowns on the season. Again, high-scoring matchup game environment up against the Bills. Me likey, Jake Ferguson. Moving into the B tier, tight ends 8 through 10. This is where more question marks come in, right? Where more nervousness starts to set in. Now, again, talk about this every week. The tight end position is one of the most volatile. It is the most volatile position in fantasy football. There are random tight ends that crack the top five all the time. Randomly great tight ends that end up shit in the bed. So ranking tight ends in fantasy football is very tough. Order our tight ends 8 through 10. Again, while I'm not in love with these guys, pause like I was with the S tier and the A tier. So like these guys, Ninjoku last week, tight end two, goes crazy against the Jaguars. 91 receiving yards, six receptions, two touchdowns. Tight end number two on the week. Going up against the Bears, which is a great matchup for the tight end. Ninjoku feels fine as a top 10 guy. At number nine, we got Isaiah Likely. Going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. He had a huge game last week as well. Five receptions on seven targets for 83 yards and a touchdown as the tight end three. The Jaguars are also a great matchup. For the tight end, the biggest problem with Likely is that we've seen Likely a bunch of times fill in for Mark Andrews and then just do nothing, right? And everyone kind of sucks him off a little bit, right? Everyone bangs the drum for him. They get real excited for Likely, and he's always a letdown. Last week was the exact opposite. He actually lived up to expectations for once. The week prior, he was the tight end 19. I think he's a good bet to get eight points but he's great enough to get 20-plus points. Moving now to tight end number 10. To close out the B tier, we got Dalton Kincaid going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Down game for Kincaid last week, but it wasn't because Dawson Knox came back and was sucking in targets like his name was Mia Malkova. It was because Dalton Kincaid just didn't have a great game. He had five receptions for 20 yards. It is what it is, right? Again, the tight end position is very volatile. There's bound to be down games, but again, up against Dallas, pretty mid against tight end. You gotta like Kincaid. Now we move to the C tier, where again, more question marks set, start to set in. Once you start to get into like the D tier and beyond, it starts to be like the kind of tier where you're just praying to the football gods above, like, please, like you're you're shouting out Zeus, Ares, all those guys, like, please help me out here. So tight end number 11, Cole Komet going up against the Browns. When Justin Fields is under center, I just kind of have some blind belief in Cole Komet. The matchup against the Browns is tough for the whole defensive unit, but the Browns against the tight end are actually not the best. They're actually a pretty solid matchup for the tight end. So top 12 feels fine for Komet. Number 12, we got Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is just boomer bust every week. Good to go for week 15, dealing with the foot and hand injury. Again, he's a guy that you just throw into your lineup understanding he could be the tight end one or he could be the tight end 37. But I say this every week. Sorry to sound like a broken record, but there are no tight ends in the NFL that could throw a pass, catch a pass, and run the ball in a single game. Again, I get that there's games where he's iced out the game plan. There's games where he isn't used. But up against the Giants with Derek Carr looking bad, I expect Taysom Hill to get more usage. At number 13, we got Goddard. Now, Goddard comes back. A bit of a disappointment up against the Cowboys in Jerry's world, but the whole Eagles offense was disappointing. Now, a good way to describe Dallas Goddard's season would also be the word disappointing because even when he's been healthy, 
it hasn't been so sweet for Dallas Goddard. But the problem is, when it comes to ranking him, he is the number one tight end on one of the better offenses in the NFL, with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, with one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So while Goddard has been disappointing, it's hard to really throw him down the rankings, right? Really shit all over him, dance on his grave, because we know out of nowhere, like an RKO from Randy Orton, he could magically just be like the tight end number one. At number 14, we got Kyle Pitts. Now, I've been riding with Kyle Pitts all season long, and this has been a rocky road like the ice cream, right? There has never really been a stretch of games where he just rips off like six great games in a row, right? He'll have his down games, rips off like four solid games, two good games, right? And then he comes back down to earth. But recently, he's kind of found his way. Tight end 7 and 12 over the last two weeks. Love this spot against the Panthers. There is always risk when you're starting any Atlanta Falcons player. Why? Because of Desmond Ritter. Why? Because of their Arthur Smith, the head coach of the team, being a dummy. Certified stooge. But hey, Kyle Pitts. Feels a lot better than the guys we're about to talk about. Tight ends 15 and 16. Schultz. I love Schultz. But, and this is a big but, shout out to Kim Kardashian going up against the Tennessee Titans. Is a good spot, but you want to know it's not a great spot. Having giraffe neck Davis Mills be your starting quarterback. That is far from ideal. Schultz is also... Missed a couple of games, been out the last two weeks, might be a little bit rusty. Again, I'm not trying to shit all over Schultz, but I don't feel very confident in him this week. At number 16, we got Fryermuth. Fryermuth being held captive by Mitch Trubisky. He's going to get his seven targets, potentially five plus targets, which is good for a tight end. Let's see what he does with it. He doesn't feel the safest this week. Moving now to tight end 17 through 21 in the ETR at 17, we got Darren Waller, who is expected to play on Sunday based upon what I've read and more recently, the report is that he's questionable, the big Q, so maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. If he does play, for most teams, I would rather just let him sit on the bench and wait to see what happens. But with Tommy Cutlets playing so well, there's a chance that Darren Waller comes back from the injury and is balling his best this season because, again, Tommy Cutlets has been way better than the quarterback play that Darren Waller has got this season when healthy. At number 18, we got Tucker Kraft, Laura Kraft's brother. Tucker Kraft Mac and Cheese going up against the Bucks at home in Green Bay. This is a guy that doesn't play a lot of snaps, so when he's out there, he typically gets the ball. Hopefully, he continues to be a guy getting four-plus targets, not the normal three that we were used to earlier on in the season. Again, you want a touchdown. If he does get a touchdown, probably going to be bad. That's the same with all these guys. Number 19, Kate Otten. Kate Otten's a guy that sometimes gets forgotten about, right? He's like fucking Kevin McAllister in New York City, right? Just forgot about, you know, the parents just... I guess technically that's not as good of an analogy as Kevin getting left in Chicago. Which Chicago, Chicago, which would be the better analogy, right? Getting left at home. Kate Otten sometimes just gets left because, you know, they have Mike Evans, they have Godwin, they have Rashad White. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. But Kate Otten is also very talented, so if he gets four to five targets, he'll be a top 20 guy. Number 20, Tanner Hudson, another guy that doesn't really see a crazy amount of snaps, but when he's out there, he's getting the ball. So I like Hudson, River, a decent amount. He's been a top 20 tight end in one, two, three, four, five of the last six games. He'll be fine. Number 21, Tyler Conklin. If this was a game where I felt a little bit more confident in the Jets, I'd have him ranked higher. Zach Wilson is definitely the best case scenario for Conklin. 
But against the Dolphins defense, I know they're not great against the tight end. It, it just, this just has the making of the Dolphins beating the fuck out of them. That's at least how I feel. Like, Tua always plays way better after a bad game. But again, I still can't trust Tua. At number 22 through 24, the F tier. Logan Thomas going up against the Rams. I know I haven't ranked low, but two games in a row outside the top 35. Only five total targets in his last two games, which is not the normal for him. This is a great spot against the Rams, so I won't bury him too much, but I don't like him this week. Number 23, Hunter Henry. Tight end four last week, three for three for 40 and two touchdowns, right? How likely is that to happen again? Very unlikely. If he scores a touchdown, you'll be happy. If not, he'll probably be like the tight end 40. At number 24, we got Chig. Chig has been playing a lot better recently, a lot more involved. Five to six targets over the last three weeks, which is great, as Tony the Tiger would say. But again, tight end one on an offense that doesn't really use the tight end. And he hasn't really shown many flashes this season, and he hasn't scored this season. So if he scores this week magically, pulls the rabbit out the hat, then very nice for him. Round of applause. But if he just plays how he normally does, you're probably not going to be very excited with Chig Okonkuwu. So thank you guys all so much for watching. I'm out of fucking focus right now, so hopefully this fixes. But if you guys did end up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you guys leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. Go to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. I love you guys all so much. Check out the Patreon link in the video description if you want my weekly rankings, as well as an answer to any of the questions you guys may have. We'll be uh, live in a couple of hours from when you're watching this right now. Love you guys from deep down the depths of my heart. I love you guys all so much. Check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. And as always, good boy!